Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 279 for the week of September 21st, 2013. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with RP Gamers. Um, well, most available Saturday morning crew this week. <laughs> our, uh, some of our number have been put through hell this week. Some of our number are missing. And some of our number are just painfully British. Uh, starting with John Yearworth. Actually, I got abducted to the Delta Quadrant. It's the reason why my sound quality is so bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is the reason this episode sounds like it's uh, recorded on uh, Skype or Ventrilo or something is because um, <laughs> John's microphone is constantly putting out emissions from the Gamma Quadrant, um, and it's uh, or Delta Quadrant. I'm sorry, but I messed up the joke already. And it, trust me, you don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's maddening. So <laughs> I'm. I'm I- have we determined if the prime numbers are involved in this sequence yet? Uh, I don't know. We should find out. <laughs> I think we should. Right. Um, also here, um, Anna Marie Privetier, my lovely wife, who is bedridden. You were about to call me Emmanuel Marino. No. Um, <laughs> I think you true. were. Not true. Go, go, go listen to the tape. Except I control the tape. All right. Anna Marie Privetier, she is on my bed with her foot propped up because some person went and ripped off her toenail yesterday. Yes, that would be a medical doctor. Oh, it's a podiatrist. Yeah, so he, uh, you had some foot toenail surgery, and so you're, like, in a lot of pain with your foot propped up on a pillow, and you're, like, just, you're going to be there for weeks. Just two. Just two. (laughs) And I'm getting over, like, a nasty 36-hour stomach bug that just took me out completely. And was not fun, and I will spare you any of the details there. And <laughs> on the upside, between your episode and my surgery, we got an iPhone. <laughs> we did. So um, there was a trip to the Apple Store yesterday morning, and then <laughs> a return home for recuperation. But an iPhone 5s is now in our possession, and um, I have uh, a cool little Star Trek image is, is the background now my phone is like flying into the next century next century next two centuries and it reads my thumbprint Ooh. you forget to keep using it i do it's it's hard to remember i'm so used to logging in the normal way typing my passcode but yeah um so i'll start off with my preliminary iphone 5s hardware review it's just like the iphone 5 since it's got a better flash a thumbprint reader and a much faster processor except i haven't been able to find any games that really at least i haven't had time to play any that show that they can take advantage of that processor. did you play the new infinity blade i started it up and it looks pretty excellent Uh, it looks like a vita game (laughs) so um yeah so that's good (laughs) here's the problem I'm not done with Infinity Blade 2 yet, so I can't really dive into that just yet. So I'm looking for more. So I downloaded a bunch of other high-end-looking games and games likely to get updated, like Real Racing usually gets updated to have the latest graphics stuff. So hopefully they'll have a patch out soon that takes advantage of it. But um, I'm starting to wonder like why I care so much about upgrading the iPhone every year because usually it's get the faster processing, and I'm at the point where it's like, well, hold on. What do I need that for if they're not going to make games that use it? So hopefully we can get some games that use it. Wow, Real Racing 3 looks really pretty. 
All right. So, uh, I don't know. What, what should we start off with today? Feedback? Feedback. Yeah. That's what we we have do. lots of feedback this week. Yeah, we have some feedback. Uh, Tim writes in and says, what are RP Gamer's thoughts on the new George Clooney and Sandra Bullock movie, Gravity? It seems based on Final Fantasy VIII's outer space sequence. I'm hoping they land on the Ragnarok, which would make it worth watching. I didn't get far enough in eight to know that there was even an outer space sequence. Oh, yeah. There's totally an outer space sequence with really weird music. <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm ambivalent about the movie. Um, neither George Clooney nor Sandra Bullock are a particularly preferred actor for me. So, I mean, I think it's the kind of movie we'd red box one night when we have a buy one get one free. I thought it looked more like Space Camp than it did... Then it looked like, you know, um, Final Fantasy VIII. So, um, eh, I'm kind of mad on it from the trailers I've seen so far. What do you think, John? Uh, I, I think I've only seen, like, one trailer for it in passing. And as much as I'm interested in that kind of thing, I think I'll just stick to playing Kerbal Space Program, where I recreate the events of the movie on a daily basis. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Except like with that. little green men as opposed to George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, who might actually have more charisma. <laughs> I want to read the next letter. Okay, go. Dear Runchy Purple Gorilla Cabaret. Man, I haven't talked to you guys in forever. As Chris reminded me the other day, I don't know why life tends to get in the way of gaming. For whatever reason, it just does. So without a further ado-do-do, number one. Blizzard is shutting down the Real Money Auction House, a.k.a. the real Diablo 3 game you can play without playing Diablo 3. This move is, multiple choice, A, too little too late, B, too late too little, C, just enough just in time, or D, nothing that I care about. I need E. Eh, I was fine with it with the Auction House, I'll be fine with it without the Auction House. Yeah, I'm kind of split between D and E. I mean, I don't care I mean, I've bought a couple things on the Real Money Auction House because no, I sold a couple things on the Real Money Auction House. Anna, they're shutting down the gold one, too. Yeah, I know. Okay. I've bought lots of things on the gold auction house. I've bought things for you on the gold auction house. Yes, you have. I, I just haven't it's used It's part the of leveling your character right now. It's part of the yeah. gameplay. Yeah. And, you know, you have to accept that. Once you accept that, you know, the game becomes a lot more fun because you're able to actually progress your character. Um, if you don't like that, then it's a hindrance. And so I think for those people who really didn't like incorporating the auction house, they'll be really happy to not have to deal with it now. And I mean, the the console versions don't have an auction house. Right. So the thing that sort of interests me about this move is, at the moment, one of the reasons that the console versions weren't cross-platform is they said they couldn't control the environment. So if they get rid of the auction houses for the PC version, does that mean we're going to be able to see cross-play? No, because they still can't patch the console versions as quickly as the right, PC version. Right, but PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, they'll still have approval processes on those platforms. Mm, they're much shorter. They're over at least. I don't know about Microsoft as well as You're I know about, about consoles that aren't out yet, Anna. Right, but I know the policies they're changing for the Vita that are going to roll over into the PS4. Okay. So, food for thought. Hmm. All right. So, number two, Pokemon X and Y. Talk amongst yourselves. So, I'm getting Y and you're getting X? Sure. Whatever. I'm getting whichever one you're not getting. I'm getting whichever one looks prettier on the cover. There you go. <laughs> so, what we decided to do is we are skipping the Sunday Madness 
and running around to 16 different stores to see if we could get it. We did a buy one, get one half off on ToysRS.com. Yep. So, so we'll get it a little later, but we save money. Yes. Are you getting it, Quinn? I don't have a 3DS. I'm sorry. If I, I get a that. 3DS, which is mostly contingent at the moment on me finding gainful employment, I think I'm, there is a small possibility that I may leap back onto the Pokemon bandwagon with this one. Hype train! Mainly, mainly because, I say, I, I wouldn't mind playing Pokemon Digimon Edition. <laughs> yeah, but John, totally, they totally tell us that it that. is a complete coincidence that they're anything alike. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> okay, question three. Ocelot is really excited about Rogue Legacy coming to the Vita. Has anyone amongst the crew actually played the game? I have. Uh, I have not. David's finished it. So, are you going to get it again on the Vita, Chris? Um, no, I have it on PC. I'll just play it on my TV via my PC. <laughs> okay. Um, I watch, and I watched David finish it. I, I think I'm good. I don't have any interest in it. So, question four. Best trailer you saw from the Tokyo Game Show, assuming you watched any. I haven't seen any. I watched uh, a Final Fantasy one, but I don't remember if it was 15 or Lightning Returns. Did it have Lightning? Oh, wait, that's not really a good barometer. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What about you, Chris? Um, I want to say I watched some trailers that I liked, but I can't remember what they are right now. I bet you we'll get into them in the news. But. Sounds good. Number five, your favorite color for the new Vita model and the color you secretly wish they would have made but didn't. Purple. What are the current yeah, colors? I was going to say, is there a deep purple option? That's my yeah. favorite color. I think... And I mean, I don't understand why purple is considered a girly color. If you get that nice, bold, deep purple, I think it's really gender neutral. Oh, I don't give a crap if it is a girly color. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but some people do quit. Um, I'm boycotting the new Vita because it doesn't have an OLED screen, so I don't care. <laughs> okay, bonus round. Since I haven't written in approximately forever, I figured a few more questions were par for the course. Bonus one. Who's buying the Retron 5? Who's even heard of the Retron 5? I've heard I of it. Have, yes, I because I keep it. bringing it up. I heard of it before you brought it up, Anna. Yes, they because they announced it at the Midwest Gaming Class. Yeah, they the, supposedly they announced it there, but at the same time, um, there was nothing about its announcement there. Right. Because <laughs> I went there, I heard about it online. <laughs> <laughs> so, our our dilemma is is that it would be good because we have all of the cartridges, but at the same time, we also bought all the old consoles that go with those cartridges. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe we'll put it on our Christmas list. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a long-term purchase. I'd like to have it. The Retron 5 looks really nice. It plays all the things. Um, it plays all the things! But I don't know. And it would be nice because then not only could we put all the classic consoles just up on shelves to be pretty, but we could put the GameCube downstairs as well because mm-hmm. it has a Game Boy player in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two. Best video game deal you've ever found on Craigslist. I just snagged the original Pokemon Gold, complete with box and manual in near mint condition, for a mere $40. I've never bought games on Craigslist. So maybe we should say best video game deal you've ever bought on an auction site. Go. 
Uh, and yeah, I've never bought anything on Craigslist either. Um, and I don't really buy a lot of games on eBay. What was your favorite thing that you've gotten from Guzex? I don't know. Uh, I think my one would probably be the the special edition of StarCraft Two, uh, Wings of Liberty for twenty quid. Oh, that wow. is. Wow, was that? Sealed? But then again, that wasn't that wasn't a. Uh, I suppose that wasn't really a deal. Uh, was I? Uh, I got that using of um, like money off voucher, uh, trade gift card, whatever that I got from winning a competition at my in my university. So, I did good. I did good. I did good work for my for my university course, and I got cheap games because of it. I'm happy. Nice. Okay, quick fire question. Let's say you're a video game character and you're hungry. What would you snack on if you were Samus? Metroids. Harley Quinn. Uh, uh, you probably don't want to know the answer to the question. <laughs> oh my, that dude from Infamous. Batteries. Lahara from Disgaea. Pudding. Wartle. Wartortle. Squirtles. Ooh. Johnny Cage. The adoration Cage. of my fans. No! <laughs> Actually, I think I think the tears of my fans would probably work too. <laughs> Whatever. Peace out, Ocelot. Thank you, Ocelot. All right. I'm going to take control of this again. I played... What did I play this week? Did I play anything this week, Anna? I don't remember what I played this week. I finished all of... Oh, I finished the other part of Disgaea 2, the um, the uh, the uh, at Dark Hero stuff. So I'm completely finished with Disgaea 2 PSP. Yay. Um, I finished nothing else. I started playing Phoenix Wright 3 on my iPad. You started crafting at Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, I did some crafting 14, been leveling in 14, mostly playing 14. I'm still liking that game. So I have also been playing 14. And I unlocked Black Mage, my first advanced class. Yay. Oh, good for you. So I'm level 32 or 33. Mm-hmm. What about you, Quinn? Because you're I level, level two. I am level 42 at the moment. Uh, well, I have... Mr. Fancy Pants. What, un... Are you an advanced class? Yes, both Summoner and Scholar. Um, Of course. So are those DPS roles, or are those healer roles, or...? Uh, Scholar's a healer, and uh, Summoner's a DPS. I normally go Summoner. I use Scholar for, um... Uh, I use Scholar for healing in fate groups, mostly. Because I don't... My, my equipment's not orientated towards the mind stat, which would increase the power of my heals. Right. So, and you're not 30 yet, right, Chris? That's correct. Okay. What else have you been playing, Quinn? I'll jump in after. Um, yeah, so I've been playing some other stuff. A couple of stuff from uh, Kickstarter, although I'm not really sure you can count Star Citizen as being from Kickstarter or not, really. Um, Collateral was a, a kind of fairly low-key one. Um, it's basically a Fifth Element Taxi Simulator. Does that make any sense? No, but that sounds cool. You've seen Fifth Element, right? Yeah, in bits and yeah, pieces. And- and Bruce Willis pilots a flying taxi in a city full of flying cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Collateral is basically, um, well, it's a, f- it's a game where you drive a flying taxi and you go around shooting people and doing missions. 
Great. It's still it's still in like some some sort of um, uh, alpha testing, basically. Um, so only one section of the city's been revealed. The, the game's still a little bit buggy in places, and it looks like they've clamped the FPS cap to thirty. Um, I think. Um, yeah, so the, the the dev team still has quite a lot of work to be done. However, a game that is even further sort of into the alpha stages, so much so that they actually call it a pre-alpha, uh, Star Citizen has released the first um, playable piece of content. Playable is, of course, in quotes. Um, they've released what they call the Hangar Module, which is um, basically a way for you to walk around your the hangar containing your... Uh, purchase but, spacecraft, but none of the games in there yet, right? Yeah, exactly. It's so it's just a, so it's you bought you got you got aircraft as part of backing it or something, and now you get to see it. Yeah, basically. Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, the uh, the general intent. Well, that's the reason why they call it a pre-alpha. I've, as far as I'm understanding from their development process, uh, the next. Um, the next step is for them to release something. Uh, they're planning on releasing something called the dogfighting module, which will basically be a test of the space combat stuff. Wasn't this the iOS game that they kickstarted twice and didn't give you copies of the game either time? No, that was um, that's uh, Spaceship Commander. Or Star oh, Commander. my bad. I'm sorry. There's too many Star games Citizen. that. Yeah, my bad. Star Citizen oh. is the um, is the Chris Roberts one, the guy Anna, who made Wing. The- Star Citizen never stopped kickstarting. They're still yeah, raising they're still money. They're pa- they just got past twenty-one million, I think. Yep. I just get—I uh, sh- got some slightly shiny things because I backed it while it was still on Kickstarter. Yeah. And then well, I'm just checking it now. They are at. Uh, where is it? Somewhere around here is the uh, how much something goals. I'll probably have it. They've got a very slick cloud, like clouds, uh, like funding. Page stuff. Their website itself looks pretty nice. Uh, they're currently at dollars. And two cents. And the stretch goal for twenty million dollars is uh, actual first-person combat ground side. So there you go. Um, but yeah, at the moment, all you can do is wander around a hangar looking at your shiny ship. Or ships, if you happen to have more than one. They have a shut up and take my money tier for $5. <laughs> Where they just take your money. <laughs> it's really appropriate. Um, so yeah, it, it, I mean, the thing is, Star Citizen is, is, is built out of the Cry, Crytek 3 engine. Uh, the game looks really pretty already. They've put quite a lot of sort of effort into things like detailed cockpits and that sort of stuff. It it looks really nice so far, but the real test will be um, uh, the um, dogfighting simulator, which will come later. So if uh, they get to twenty one million, they will have a new career called salvage mechanic, where you'll have its own mechanic, its own story tie-ins, and universe-shaping endgames. It'll be a completely different gameplay style, where you will go around salvaging stuff inside the universe. Yeah. Like a whole other game. Wow. As I said, it's probably, out of all of the crowds, out of all of the stuff that I've funded personally on Kickstarter, I think Star Citizen is probably the most ambitious. Well, yeah, I think they're the most funded, too, aren't they? 
Yeah, I think the, well, they are one of the most funded. I know that. Yeah. I mean, the, I think the original the original project on Kickstarter um, generated, I think, one of the highest sort of funding amounts that they've had. I think. Um. But yeah, no, that's it. it it's looking. It's it's kind of looking good, but you know. It's still pre-alpha. It's it's it, it's. They incredibly... got two million on Kickstarter. They've gotten seventeen million other in other sources of funding. Yeah, and then whatever sort of you know venture funding they may be taking behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's assumed that now that they've managed to raise this quantity of money, that they are being underpinned by venture capital. So um, there was a little shenanigans this week because there was a Kickstarter that announced they weren't going to make their game. Oh, yes, I heard about that. So they raised the money on Kickstarter, and that was supposed to be used to tempt venture capitalists, and it failed. So now they're... That was Clang. That was Neil Stevenson's Kickstarter. Yeah. They had... Yeah, he's an author. Um, That looks good. I may have backed that, actually. Let's see. So... So what happened, Anna? They they're just saying um, we're they done? use yeah yeah. So they they originally had intended to use the Kickstarter funds to um, attract investors, and they didn't. So now the, all of the team has gone back to doing full time jobs, and the game is going to be like an evening and weekend hobby. Oh good, so I didn't back this. It might come out. It might not. Yay. But- I'm so glad I didn't back this. So yeah, it's a it's it's evening and weekends. It had a really good Kickstarter video. Um, it looked like you know it was going to be the real deal, and people were really dedicated to it. And then nothing ever came out of it, and they didn't get this extra funding they wanted. It just goes what to show you when you know you're using Kickstarter not to actually fund your product project, but you know to promote it to venture capitalists. I, and I mean, we've had discussions about this before. It's the nine hundred thousand dollar goal for all these Japanese games. I mean, it's nice that they think this will work, but there's really no guarantee. I mean, this is more risky than just the the smaller studios who are like not necessarily budgeting enough. These yeah. guys, they're not only they're knowingly not budgeting enough, like purposefully yeah. not budgeting. So, enough. I think that Kickstarter is going to have to adapt to people using them as a launching board because I don't think they want the that. Mind you, I also saw you're not supposed to be able to do any pornography, and there was like an etchy uh, game up on there. Oh, they just didn't know what that was, I bet. <sighs> they can't Google Bishuju? Um, I don't think anybody should Google Bishuju. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So is that everything you've been playing, Quinn? Uh, no, I was just saying, uh, the other couple of... I've got, got a bit of a long list because I have uh, haven't been on the cast for a couple of weeks. Um, the other stuff I was playing fairly recently was um, uh, Paradox's... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure what you could probably call them. Empire Building Sims, maybe? Um, Crusader Kings 2, and then the kind of follow-up to it built in the same engine, Europa Uvernisalis 4. Um, my God, these these games are designed for people with, like, you know, I'm pretty sure with like a fetish for like numbers. It's wow. it, it it's like risk, but you know. Well, how's it work? I time. mean, where well, are the numbers coming in? You're playing a game still, aren't you? They're yeah, not just giving I, you math problems to solve. Yeah, I mean, um, a bit like Hearts of Iron Three, which is the same thing but set in um, uh, World War Two. 
Um, it, 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 the game still takes place in real time. Um, but everything in the game is decide, has so many different um, variables attached to it. Crusader Kings 2, um, you basically play as... Well, you can, you, there is a wide variety of people you can choose to play as, but Crusader Kings 2 is basically... Um, it, you can start somewhere between... 1066 without D- without DLC 1066 is the earliest you can play as and you can basically play as any character in sort of medieval Europe um from uh, important king characters like for example taking control of um uh William the Conqueror just before he invades England in mm-hmm. 1066 to um feudal um, the feudal lords that sort of make up the kind of feudal, underpin the kind of feudal system of medieval Europe. Um, it's possible to play as like the Earl of Devon or something. And then work, and somehow through a, it, it's very, it, there's a lot of complex depth to it, which is presented through lots of at least reasonably well explained numbers. Um, and it's possible to sort of maneuver characters through sort of politicaling um and you i don't know could eventually end up as king of england and it's entirely possible within game mechanics to attempt to say for example reunite um uh england scotland ireland and wales and then form the empire of britannia if you really wanted to yeah and then europa universalis 4 is basically the same thing but instead of concentrating on um, like eh, med- medieval feudalism, it kind of advances into. I think the earliest uh, you can start in uh, Europa is 1444, and it mm-hmm. kind of moves into the sort of Middle Ages Renaissance era. You know, exploration, new world, that kind of thing. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Um... Well, I don't know. Um, Anna, you uh, you uh, you have some announcements for us. Yeah, I finished Mario and Luigi Dream Team last oh. night. So overall, I think it's a really good game. I think I made a mistake by not choosing the double EXP bonus at my star rank up. So for people that are still playing, do that. Um, other than that, I am not a big fan of the giant battles um thankfully they were kept to more or less a minimum in dream team but one of the final boss fights was a giant fight and i hated it it took me almost an hour to beat it no so well i mean you were sitting there with me yeah i was yeah yeah i was getting very aggravated so the story was really good like all of the other gameplay was good um yeah i think my only complaints were really those giant battles and bosses in general were a a huge difficulty spike for no apparent reason so if i beat them on normal i beat them on normal if i died i just beat them on easy and i didn't care but yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's a great game. It's a great return to sort of that classic Mario and Luigi that I was missing from Bowser and in Bowser's Inside Story. 
So, and then because I was finished Dream Team last night, I couldn't decide what game I wanted to play, and I sent Chris out to the living room to get the game, and he came back with Inazuma Living. Yay! So I've started playing that. So I've I haven't played much. It's like the first twenty minutes. So I've done like one fight. Still. So I love the voice acting. It's very well done. I love all the variety of accents that they've included. Um, it looks like it's going to be a really fun game, so I'm looking forward to playing more of it today. Um, was that the one I got you? It is. Yay. Thank you. You're I thought you'd be happy that I'm finally playing it. That's all right. I, I knew you were going to get around to it at some point. And because it's, not a, it, because it's a straight up DS game, I can play it on my 3DS. Oh, yay. So, <laughs> the, 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 the XL has a larger top screen, though, so I have little black bars down the sides. But it was like, does I it, noticed it does for it 30... Ru- does it ruin the enjoyment or anything? No. Or is it fine? I, I noticed it as the game booted up, and then I actually forgot about it until just now. Oh, fair enough. So, yeah, it's, it's great so far. So I'm looking forward to talking about it more next week. Cool. Sweet. Soccer RPGs. It has the worst theme song I've ever heard. <laughs> it is so bad. We love football. <laughs> So we'll have to put a, a link to it in the in the, in the show thread. The, yeah, in the show thread. It's Check good. that out. All right. Um, if you'd News like to, time. Yes, oh wait, if, sorry. No, no, if no, you no, want no. to send feedback, podcast at rpgamer.com is the email address. Six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight is the voicemail. We'll play it right here on the show, or you can go to our message boards at board.rpgamer.com. Coming at you with the news now. It's twelve oh one on the hour. I don't know what that means. And Etrian Odyssey Untold has a demo arriving. Now. You can get it right now, right? No? Maybe? Yeah. Now. Now. Now, now. All right. Etrian Odyssey 4. It's a demo. It's not 4. Etrian Odyssey Untold. Millennium Girl. The Etrian Odyssey 4 demo is also available. This is the Millennium Girl demo. This demo provides a chance for players to play through the first part of the game and, just like the EO4 demo, progress made in the demo will carry over to the final game, which I love. I did this with the EO4 demo, and there was, like, things you got, like, Especially unlocked, um, so yeah, it, yeah, I like that. Uh, many features from the main game, such as the classic mode that recreates the traditional team customization seen in earlier EO titles, will not be available. Uh, it's a thirty-use demo, which is fine because um, what I did with the EO four demos, I never turned it off, so it only counted as one use. Um, and yeah, so remember, Etrian Odyssey Untold is Etrian Odyssey one with like plot and story and named characters and stuff this time around and the classic modes thrown in there as well um i assume john and anna will not be playing this the end all right so what at uh, and odyssey 4 right well no oh uh, wait four or no, untold millennium old. i'm kind of interested in it because i liked the idea of eo1 but found it too hard to enjoy and this is a remake well, of did, one with easy mode, right? You haven't touched my EO4. Yeah, that's because it was your game, and I didn't want to be all, like, grabby hands at it. Mm. So, I don't know. I'm I'm debating. You stopped doing your assigned tasks in Animal Crossing, too. Oh, bite me. You have work commitments. I need those bells. Mm. I'm a hard master. All right. We already talked about Diablo 3 ripping the auction house out next year. It's going to be a while. It's like March. Which, I did, coincidentally... Actually, there was we, a... Uh, yeah. 
Um, there was a something a little I found interesting was um, I was reading the I think it was the NeoGAF thread on um, Diablo three, and um, as it kind of turns out, um, people on the uh, uh, the console versions were receiving like um, the, a lot of the high end equipment appears to be retuned so that it's substantially. Um, like it's not substantially better, but like the uh, you know there's like a bit of random variation yeah. in the drops yeah. in the PC version. Yeah, that seems to have either been removed or like tuned up slightly. No, yeah, they've they've boost they've got some of the loot 2.0 improvements already in the console version. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like um, yeah, the um, and that's the still coming version. to the PC version. I don't know when. I'm I, at this point. It sounds like it might be coming with the expansion. Um, because they're going to rip yeah, out the AH I, I, and then put the, it in then? The announcement, because I, I, I wrote the story on it, the announcement is coming from, okay, about the removal of the auction house is coming from the director, the guy who's handling the production of the expansion pack. Yeah, it's like we're removing the auction house and all the last vestiges of Jay Wilson's influence on the game. <laughs> they may as well, well say it that way. The thing that I found interesting is, is I suspect at BlizzCon we're going to find out that the expansion release date is basically March. Yeah, that that would not surprise me. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But it's Blizzard, so it wouldn't X-Men. surprise me if they didn't announce it at all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, we'll get into predictions closer. Yeah. BlizzCon predictions. My favorite thing, because you can never write. No one's They're ever right. <laughs> Alright. TGS was this week. Um... I don't know if it's still going on, if it's public days already, or I forget the schedule on that. But we had someone there. Michael Baker was there, and they got impressions of several games, and those are up on our index right now. So go to rpgamer.com and check out impressions for things like Reborn and um, other th- imp- <laughs> Deep Down and Starfrost Amazons and Over My Dead Body 2. And uh, yeah, that's what we got impressions for. Uh, Wizardry is on Steam. Old Wizardry games, Wizardry six, seven, and eight. They're available for like um, five bucks for the first two, ten bucks for eight, and there's a bundle for fifteen. So if you really like Wizardry, these games look old, (laughs) so I passed on them. But yeah, there's a trailer for Tales of Zillia two. I didn't watch it because I haven't played through Tales of Zillia one yet, and I didn't want to be spoiled. Um, sounds like there's big plot things being teased in the trailer. John, did you watch it? Uh, no, because I've already played Zillia 2. Oh, you're already done with the game. All right, never mind. Well, I'm not done with it. I'm, like, in the middle of Zillia 2 at the moment. All right, so... <laughs> probably the most I dangerous s- time to watch a trailer, because you actually understand the vague hints more than yeah, people who haven't yeah, played. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Atelier Escha and Logi. Weird names. Uh, they're coming to North America in Europe early next year. Um, I'm not sure that's how you pronounce it. I don't know that there's any way to properly pronounce it. Atelier Esca and Logi? I'm thinking Esha and Logi. Esha and Logi? Yeah. Okay, whatever. They're coming next year. Uh, pr- translation's being handled by Actil. What's Actil? Who's Actil? Why isn't it Nisa? Wait. Um. No, I've heard. No, 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 no. The translation is being handled by Actil. That doesn't mean they're localizing it. Well, who are they, and why? Are, why is it an announcement I that they're doing the translation? I have heard that name before. I want to say they got two T's in their name. It's weird. I want to say that they're the ones that's. Um, 
Yeah, it's the the people that broke off of NIS. Oh, okay. So they're giving it to their friends to do. Okay, well, whatever. I didn't know people broke off of NIS. Does that mean there's a problem with NIS? No. It's okay. uh, Jack Nita and uh, oh. Hiroko Kanazashi and now. Oh, they, they left Nisa? Yeah. I didn't know they left. Yeah, like six oh. months ago. Oh, my gosh. And they're doing translations on their own now? Yes. I didn't know that now did translation work. Okay. So it it's strictly localizing and not publishing. Okay. Cool. So Nisa that. may still publish things that Actil translates. So does that mean that Jack and now don't go to TGS anymore? I don't know. Hmm. I thought they were there right now. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Because I remember going to Nisa events for um, Western Press at TGS. Yeah. <laughs> with like now and Jack there. So yeah. that's interesting. Um, Jack used to be with Atlas too, didn't he? Mm, that sounds right. Or no, he was just working with Atlas when Atlas was publishing this guy. I don't know. What's going yeah, on I now. mean, Nisa worked really closely with Atlas for a number of years. Like they were even in their booth at E3 yeah, for a couple of years. That's why that might, might be what that's I'm like thinking of. That's like pre-Aram era, though. Was that pre-Aram? Yeah, it was pre-Aram. That was when Zach, uh, I forget his last name. He used to work at Working Designs. Oh, okay. Old school. I, I, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Old, old school. That All was right. like almost working there. I'm excited about this one. John, you live in the UK. So on September 28th, you get to celebrate something none of us get to celebrate. National Street Pass Day. It's a uh, day of events for 3DS owners that have a chance to win prizes and rack up your Street Pass tallies. If you go to London's Waterloo Station and the Manchester Piccadilly Station, starting at 9 a.m. local time, you can meet up with other 3DS owners and collect other attending Street Passes and watch a live-action version of Street Pass game Puzzle Swap and other on-site games. Uh, no, I, I, I've got more. Mini tournaments for Mario Kart 7 and Luigi's Mansion 2, the winners um, of which get prizes, and a Luigi mascot will be there for meet and greet at Waterloo. Pokemon owners Oshawott, Tepig, and Snivy will be at the Piccadilly event. Um, also, <laughs> there will be a dedicated Street Pass booth at the 2103. Uh, is that meant to be 2013? Yeah, it must be the 2013 Eurogame Expo, which is um, September 26th through 29th. So, going to pick up 3DS and go take part at National Street Pass Day, John? Uh, Chris. No? Chris. No? 3DS. Yeah. I know, but you still need one. No? Okay. Sorry, what? You still need one. What, a 3DS? Yeah. You can Uh. play things. You can street pass. It's National Street Pass Day. How can you pass it up? Well, I don't have a frigging 3DS. Well, you better fix that. No? Okay. Well, too much freedom of character customization may actually make you less happy. I like this story because it's different from what we normally talk about. So check this out. There's a psychological study going on that says that um, being able to change your, your character specifications and classes leads to you not accepting what you are and becoming less happy with your character. Uh, so players may enjoy the freedom of being able to dabble in different classes, but the openness on the fly doesn't require commitment from players, therefore preventing them from making a solid choice and growing comfortable with it. And let's see, here's a quote from a person. This may make me sound like a cranky old man, but it used to be that you made build choices in a game, and the only way you could change your mind was to start a new game. 
there's a new trend, though, to make such choices more flexible. Decades of research in psychology labs and in the field that sh- has shown that humans are super good at seeking out, overvaluing, and remembering information that lets them feel better about their current situation. They all show that if we're good at looking for silver linings, we're even better at ignoring the clouds altogether. And overall, that's useful. It's a hype of type of psychological immune system to protect us when things turned out to be suboptimal. So we're willing to take chances and make decisions and then live with them. Um, and so that they're saying things like Diablo three, where you can keep changing means you may not have as much fun with the game because you are never, um, finding the silver lining to your current situation. Cause you're always changing it. What do you think? I think it's fascinating. It's like a it's like a critique of modern game design in light of human psychology. Okay, Anna and John don't care. I tried to I tried to up the discourse. Well, I kind of generally I think I kind of generally disagree with it. But whatever. really, why is that? Well, maybe I just like the fle- having flexibility. I think I'm still reasonably capable of making decisions. Hmm. Okay. I know, and I I know what they're referring to with a lot of these uh, past studies because I've taken some psychology courses and have seen a number of these studies presented to me in those courses, where you know, you humans think they can you know make themselves happy and and you know I just need this X Y or Z to make myself happy and it turns out that no having X Y or Z doesn't actually make you happy. It's uh, once you have your basic essentials. Happiness is defined and, and managed by a lot of other things, and it isn't about material possessions or things that you think you need. It's weird. It's weird. People are weird. Really weird. All right. Well, whatever. I tried to I tried to raise the, the level of discourse. They rejected me. So I'll move on to Curtain Call, a new edition of Theater Rhythm. No. No cheers for Theater Rhythm. Wow. Okay. It's a 3DS game. But, 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 but... Hey, look, if I... I mean, I'm game... interested in it, but they haven't announced a localization yet, have they? It's uh, due out next spring in Japan. Yeah. And there's... I don't know. Yeah. And there's DLC tracks planned for it already. <laughs> uh... um, a lot of rhythm action sequels don't include songs from the original game. But with our project, if we didn't include tunes like Clash on the Big Bridge or Isn't It Wonderful... Uh, you can't place the Final Fantasy crown on that. So instead of just adding new songs, we want to have this game be, to be based upon which we... Wow. We want to have this game be the base upon which we add new songs and try to get it as close to a complete song list as possible. Okay. So what are they actually adding? Uh, 90 songs in addition to the original full track list from the first Theater Rhythm. Um, let's see. And there's going to be a quest medley mode that combines field and battle tunes into a single experience. Collectible cards you collect to power up your characters. And a new multiplayer mode where players complete on the same battle song to try and outscore their opponent. Hmm? Hmm? So as you make successful taps and beat monsters, your gauge fills up and you'll trigger effects to get in the way of your opponent's game. Ooh, I like that. We should play this, Anna. Okay. I've lost her interest. All right, Anna, how about this? Here's our MMO roundup for the week. Warhammer Online is shutting down. <laughs> Finally. They've lost the license, basically. The license is going to end. <gasps> They're losing the license? Yeah. Ooh. Due to the yeah. end of the company's licensing deal, so they were going to st- shut down the game on December 18th, 2013. So in other MMO news, why has the separation of Activision Blizzard stopped? 
Yeah, so this is something we messed up last week, but this week we know we understand better. Um, they were, you know, they were working on splitting Activision Blizzard from Vivendi, and the shareholders sued them and said, "Hey, this isn't in our best interest." So, um, let's see what they say. Let's see, breach of fiduciary duties, waste of corporate assets, and unjust enrichment. Um, compl- and that's a complaint against the uh, board of directors of Activision Blizzard. And that um, ASAC 2, I don't know what that is. Oh, oh ASAC 2, which is Bobby Kotek and Brian Kelly, they'll score an immediate paper windfall of $664 million if you know they do this, this split. So what they're saying is that the people in charge of Activision Blizzard are going to make a ton of money, and this is really just a scam for them to get rich, right? Maybe scam is a big word, but... Um, you know, legal words. Insert legal words instead. I don't understand legal stuff. But it sounds like uh, people are unhappy with the, the payout to the CEOs and investor groups involved who will benefit from this split. And so it's not really, you know, oh, we're anti the gaming company being separate, more than more like, uh, hey, this looks kind of shady and these people are going to be making lots of money from this. Is this really cool? So that's does that answer your question, Anna? Yeah. It's messy. It, yeah. If nothing else, it sounds messy. And so, you know, there'll be lawsuits. To, there's a lawsuit here, and it's got to be settled before they can really do the split. Mm. Okay. So there you go. That's that's what's going on with that. Um, PlayStation 4 is getting a PlayStation app for Android and iOS. So this looks like the equivalent of the Smart Class app, but it's for PlayStation. Anyone care? It's a smart-ass app? Yeah. Via the Connect to PS4 feature, the PlayStation app will allow users to use a smart device as a game controller or a second screen with compatible titles. You'll be able to interact with the PlayStation Network information using the What's New feature, and it'll display trophy information, have chat capabilities with friends, and offer access to the store. Uh, It'll also have Twitter and Facebook integration... And yeah, so this was first shown. I in, dig this. This was first shown back in February. Um, and I don't know. I guess we just know now that. Oh, we know now it'll be out in November. So it's coming out alongside the console launch. So that's what's new, and confirmed iOS and Android. Always useful. Here's something good for Vita owners who read and speak Japanese and like Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter Frontier G. The MMORPG is coming to the Vita in 2014. Uh, there's already a Windows PC version and an Xbox 360 version, and there will later this year be a PS3 and Wii U versions, and there will be soon a Vita version. So, John, you going to import um, Vita Monster Hunter MMO? Probably not. Oh, all right. Do they IP lock that thing, I wonder? Or IP uh, block, rather? Possibly. Yeah, well, I, I know possibly. That doesn't tell me. Uh. All right, here's the strangest story I saw this week. You guys remember how Final Fantasy IV had a three 3D remake on the iOS, um, excuse me, on DS, and that was later ported to iOS. Okay, wait, run that by me again. You know how Final Fantasy IV had a 3D remake for DS that was later mm-hmm. ported to iOS. Mm-hmm. And you know how Final Fantasy IV on the the Wii, or excuse me, on mobile phones in Japan. And then on the Wii here, and eventually the PSP here, had Final Fantasy IV The After Years as yeah, part Yeah, they're come making out. a shitty 3D remake. They're making it. a 3D version of The After Years now. So now you can play all of Final Fantasy IV, both its 
original and the 3D remakes on in 2D or 3D. It'll be coming out this winter for iOS and Android. Um, and it is a direct sequel to Final Fantasy IV. I didn't see any news here about whether or not it's including the uh, interlude. Um, actually, go to the Neo Gaff story. It wouldn't it's a make sense if it didn't include the interlude. Oh, because the okay. interlude fills in the time between four and the after years. Well, I don't know if that interlude existed before the complete collection. No, it didn't. Yeah, so then it would. It could make sense. Because the original version of After Years didn't have it, so... Yes, but the time gap between them didn't make sense without that tie. Well, it, but yet they did it. It didn't stop them from releasing the game to begin with, right? Sure, but it's like, oops, we forgot something. Let's add it. Why would they then go, oh, we don't need to actually I have it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I've, <laughs> I'm going through the NeoGAF thread for this announcement, which seems to be the best coverage I've found so far. Um, people's treatment of the After Years is that it's really bad fan fiction. Do you feel that way? Or did you like the After Years? I liked the After Years. Okay. Well, you also like really bad fan fiction, don't you? What? No. You like bad fan fiction, don't you? Just just admit it. Huh? You you just admit it. It's okay. When have you ever seen me reading fan fiction? <laughs> Never. I'm just trying to rile you up. All right. So the <laughs> Final Fantasy IV. Remember, Anna, you free. married this guy. Yeah, it's your fault. <sighs> So just what uh, Final Fantasy IV didn't need, more 3D versions of it, right? Can we please get a Final Fantasy VI the after years and stop screwing with these crappy versions? VI doesn't need an after years. I think it would be... Four didn't need an after years, but it was still cool. I mean, six after years, if it's done right, is going to be really boring. (laughs) Because it's just about recovering the land and stuff. It's like, eh. Yeah, set it 100 years later, and these are like... This is, like, multiple generations later, then. Yes. Okay. So that you can have, like, more half-espers. See, if you set it that far later, I don't see why it needs to take place in the world of Final Fantasy VI at all. Um, I think it's just an excuse to get people who like the first game to buy it at that point. mm -hmm. Because you're kind of making a whole new world and a whole new plot at that point. Kind of like Final Fantasy XIV did? Yeah. Well, How did that work whole, for it? I, I don't know. I don't know. There was other issues with 14. <laughs> this but is, it worked. Hey, you first of all, say. this is only two years, two or three years after 14 it's came out. It's five. This is, it is not. Yes, it has been five years since the calamity. No, but <laughs> I'm talking about when the game 14 came yes, out. Yes, I'm not caring about that. But I'm that matters. I'm caring about the I'm that game aspect. I'm saying it's been over 20 years since 6 came out. And that, that that's a different different situation to come Who back to. Who cares? And... It had been 20 years since 4 came out. But 14 was fixing a financial issue from a game that just came out. We don't need 6 The After Years to fix 6's release. At no, this point, we just need make six a new game. Because it is a great lore. No, they we have established lore that works really good in that sort of world and also be guaranteed to piss off fans of the original no matter what piece of shit the after years pissed off fans too yes so make a new 2d final fantasy that would be good yeah but the problem is just they've done that it's been on ios yeah they haven't had good teams making them uh, yeah mm. oh whatever the they're not convinced that it would make them enough money all right final fantasy 10 and 10 and 2 we know when they're coming this winter in North America. Oh, we actually do have Yeah, January. 
Oh, they we do? Because it packs. Oh, it's January? No, yeah. They didn't say when in packs. They said 2014. They said winter 2014. I, I think Late that they're... Remember, it was up on the big banner. No, I think it was missing. Was that it? Was, yeah. I remember that something being weird about that. But whatever. Winter 2014. So, okay. That gives you up until, like, March. Uh, I have no idea when it's coming out in Europe. Do you, John? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. All right. Sorry, I don't have info for that, European listeners. Blade Fantasia is a new game coming from Capcom. Uh, was this the big new TGS Capcom announcement? I don't, whatever. Yeah. Bl- yeah. Blade there were three big iOS game announcements that came out of TGS. Okay. We were discussing it on the forums. What were they? Uh, hang on. Was I got one of them that Final Fantasy game? Uh-uh. No, it was, um, people are, yeah, a trio. <laughs> okay. The thread is called the trio of mobile misfortunes. So mm-hmm. it may be a little slanted, but basically, um, one of our forum members was complaining that three senior and highly acclaimed game designer directors are branching into mobile development. And that is the Panzer Dragoon creator, Yukio Futasugi, um, wants to start developing a mobile device. And he is looking at developing um, a Crimson Dragon game on iOS. Mm-hmm. And then there's also Makoto Ikehara, who writes for the, who was the previous writer for the Breath of Fire series. And um, he's actually working on Blade Fantasia. Okay, and then what's the third game? Well, the funny thing about that, the fact that he's working on Blade of Fantasia, is he basically dissed the fact that they're making Breath of Fire 6 on iOS. Okay. So the third one is that Yasumi Matsuno, um, his new RPG Unsung Story, which looks like a strategy tactical RPG, um, was officially unveiled to be releasing for a variety of digital devices. This is uh, this is people. This is the guy who made Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. So he has a strong strategy background. So basically, um, our forum member was upset because it's like, why aren't these games on consoles? Why do they have to be on a phone? Because there are more phones out there. No. Yeah. Well, yes and no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, I mean, that's why. Uh, it's kind of sad, though. Would be nice to have those on a Vita or a 3DS. Blade Fantasia is coming to iOS, though, and it's a new role-playing game. It has... Does it... Okay, good. I- I'm looking for the word card, and there's no word... I'm... Whenever I see new iOS RPG, I am usually then see the word card game in there. But not this time. It's a full-scale RPG. It's being made by people who made Breath of Fire and Devil May Cry. Uh, whatever that means. <laughs> and it's due out September 26th in Japan, and we don't know if it's coming out for the West, unfortunately. But I uh, figured you might care to know about the new big RPG coming soon from Capcom. I'm more interested in this uh, Final Fantasy uh, Tactics guy RPG. When's that coming? <laughs> no they idea, They just right? announced it. Yeah. So um, I don't think we discussed this last week because I think it just happened... I was on 14 when I heard about it, and I started yep. spreading the news. So Atlas has been purchased Yeah. by Sega Sammy. Yeah. 
So there are quite a number of camps on this particular issue. Here, let me, the, let me read it. Let me read well, it. No, 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 no. Before you read the statement, we'll discuss the camps. Okay. Because there is the camp that goes, well, they have completely screwed Sonic, and they're going to completely screw Atlas. That, let's not forget Valkyria Chronicles. There is the Sega never publishes anything in North America camp. We're never going to get an Atlas game again. And then there are other people who are like, Atlas was left alone by Index Holdings. And I'm talking about Atlas USA because Atlas Japan was dissolved by Index. So why should we worry about Sega screwing with them? Wait, wait, wait. If Atlas Japan was dissolved, who's working on Persona 5? Uh, Atlas Japan teams. They were just... Um, Atlas Japan itself was dissolved and merged into Index Holdings. Oh, okay. And presumably so, Sega has picked them up. Yes. So they've picked up Atlas of Japan and Atlas North America. We oh, presume. They do. Okay. So we d- we aren't going to know most of the final details, and over the next six months, we'll start hearing more details as everything is finalized. You know, I'm not even going to read this because it's just like things will be fine. Yes. Um, thank you, and things will be fine. Yes. <laughs> like, thank okay. you. We apologize for the stress that is this has caused our shareholders, and we expect to have business as usual for at least the next six months. Sega understands our drive to achieve quality and to expand awareness of the Atlas brand. Sega doesn't understand to expand awareness of a paper bag. No, no, that's not true. That's Sega Entertainment. Sega Sammy is really good. Whatever. Because let me tell you, there are freaking pachinko machines for everything. Who can who owns Sega Entertainment? Sega Sammy? Yeah. Well, it seemed to not be doing a good job of controlling them. Well, then. here is the thing that I found about Sega Sammy is that they give Sega Entertainment enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> well, they haven't done it yet. So. That's a bad decision move. No kidding. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of one of those things that it's like, if they give Sega enough rope to hang themselves, then they're going to give Atlas enough rope to hang themselves, and Atlas is smart enough to tie the noose in a pretty bow and go dancing down the street. <laughs> okay. Um, our respective strengths in game development complement each other well. We are happy to be able to continue with our business, and we'd be able to report this good news to our fans and customers. Oh, whatever. Um... They're making new titles. So the question is, do we get Persona 5, and when do we get it? That's all I care about right now with these guys. And then uh, I assume well, Nisa, Exceed, and... Bomb, so. yeah. Or .jp, I don't remember. Yeah, whatever. In as much as a bonehead mood as Sanga picking up Atlas, Xbox has announced that uh, we don't support the console being set up vertically. We don't support um, vertical orientation. Do it at your own risk. Does the PS4 work vertically? Yeah. Does the Xbox 360 work vertically? Yeah. Did the Xbox One work vertically? The, the no. Xbox One doesn't work vertically. That's what no, we're talking about. Did the original Xbox work vertically? Oh, that... I don't know. I, I don't, did the the original Xbox work? I, <laughs> I mean, is this a deal breaker? Hey, that's a feedback question for you. <laughs> Does this matter? Is... No, but yeah, yeah. It's just yet another thing. That's that's my only point. It's like, really, this too? Is, is, Chris? Yeah. You store your Xbox horizontally. I do. I'm just saying. This is like, they don't need this right now. <sighs> this is people trying to stir garbage. Okay. 
Because we don't. Yes, you're right. Because the Xbox One is garbage. So there we go. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't I might know. end up with yeah, both of them. That's a feedback question for you. For those of matter. you who are going to buy an Xbox One, is it a deal breaker that it doesn't stand on its side? <laughs> no, of course not. It's just I just think it's funny that it's yet another story going out there, just not helping them. One story. Yeah. All right. Bravely default for the sequel now has a little trailer showing the new gameplay features. Um. For the sequel, of course, is the enhanced version of Bravely Default. It's the version that we will be getting. Um, so there. We're getting it next year. So you can see that trailer. Um, they got it up on Polygon. I don't think we have it up yet. Um, probably because it's all in Japanese. So yeah. see if you can find a translation somewhere. But if you want to check that out, that's out there. Just want to let you know about it. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon Developers. Um, remember that 3DS game, Anna, that you get bored with really quickly? Yeah, but they have a bunch of other names. They have, they've, this is Eden Industries, which is a Canadian indie studio, and they've worked on a ton of things. Like Guacamelee. Yes. And Waveform. And, and like, they have like 20 games listed on their Kickstarter page, yes. and as soon as I find my credit card, I'm backing this game. So this is a new RPG that we, oh wow, they've got a quote from us on here. Yes, they do. What the heck? <laughs> Sweet. So they're using us to promote their Kickstarter. Um, they're kickstarting a new comedy RPG. It's a modern RPG that places you in those shoes of vice president of the world and all the heroes um, are regular people. So Citizens of Earth is the name of the game and it will be comedic and modern set and you can see their Kickstarter right now, including our quote from RP Gamer. and they are raising money in Canadian dollars. Ooh. Yes, because they're Canadian. Nice. Interesting. Just search for Citizens of Earth, a modern RPG on Kickstarter. Go check that out now. And, uh, yeah, check out their video. All right. Big news, guys. Big news. Valve is making announcements. <sighs> Valve, you put out an announcement of an announcement, and you had Jeff Keighley tweet about they it. They put out an announcement of three announcements. Yeah. So next year, so it, they're talking about, uh, what is it? If you go to store.steam.com slash living room, is that what it is? Store.steampowered.com slash living room. You will see this big page talk about their three announcements. 47 hours and 26 minutes left. And the little kitty staring at a three-buttoned SNES-style controller on the floor. It sounds like they're going to announce the Steam box, but we don't know for sure. I'm hoping that since the button, the controller has three buttons on it, it's an announcement of Half-Life 3, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's how that works, right? Yeah. John, is it Half-Life 3 or Steambox? Everything, is, everything, everything that happens on the internet is further proof that Half-Life 3 is happening. Yes, of course. So there we go. <laughs> three announcements, three buttons, Half-Life 3. Three, three presenters on this podcast. Half-Life 3. Yeah, Half-Life you're right. Three. Absolutely. So... Next week, Half-Life 3 gets announced. We'll talk to you more about that after it happens. And then finally, I wanted to end it with a little bit about Deep Down from Capcom. We have an impression up on our site, as I mentioned earlier. Um, they also wanted to let you know it's going to be a free-to-play title. Um, that was announced during a stage presentation at TGS, and it will be have an open beta ready for the PS4 launch in Japan, which is February next year. And you will need to... Um, yeah, that's all we know. It'll be free to play. And there's dungeons, and it is not a sequel to um, 
Dragon's Dogma, as people were once speculating back around E3. This is uh, this is its own game. You can read impressions and check that out. That's all I got for news this week. Uh, anything I missed, guys? I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. That nope. sounds like a no. Okay. All right. Oh, oh patch 1.0.1 came out for Dragon Fantasy Book 2. Oh, boy. What's in patch 101? Uh, a bunch of bug fixes. And some spelling corrections. Okay, perfect. So there's like a, a big list of uh, changes up on uh, the Muteki Twitter and Facebook. Oh yeah, and we didn't publish the story about the Harvard, the hometown story, bachelors and bachelorettes. Okay. So they were officially revealed this week. Do you want me to go over them? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh oh, where did I put that press release? Oh, you don't even know your own game's bachelors. I do. So there is the <laughs> the bachelorettes are Haruka, Micah, and Anna. Oh goodness, Anna! You're in the game. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And the bachelors are Dexter and oh my gosh, why can't You made the mistake of naming them after real people. <laughs> she really doesn't know. She's got to go look it all up now. Oh, I love it. I just, <laughs> I could never remember the guys' names. Uh, Hang on. Worst PR ever. Shut up. I wrote the press release. <laughs> um. Wow, someone put up the wrong art for this so right so it's Dexter and Shinji and Steve so Micah is fun she eats grass she what she eats grass why does she eat grass because she loves her animals so much that she eats dinner with them oh that's cute so and then Anna is Anna smokes grass what no, no. That's something else. All right. Anna is like the fiercely independent one. And, you know, she's always like, you should rely on yourself and not other people. Her personality is in no way based off of me. No, of course not. Um, and there's also Haruka, who's uh, the daughter of an absent-minded farmer. And so basically she's like the daughter who's really the parent. So, and she's kind of like, she's a really interesting character to woo because um, it sounds really sexist when I say it this way, but her dream has always been to get married. So, she actually has like a really interesting courtship story. And then the guys, um, Steve is the son of the mayor, and he actually um, left the hometown and spent... Um, some of his time living in the big city and he came back to the small town. Um, he, he tries to combine together big city living with hometown life and mm-hmm. he's not having a good time of it. So he's, he's sort of an interesting one. And Dexter is sort of like the male version of Micah 
where he sort of just shows up in town one day and he's a mystery and no one knows a lot about him other than the kids love him. So he uh, he is very socially inept, so wooing him might be a little fun. And then um, Shinji is a scholar who studies um, gods and goddesses. However, he is like the kind of guy who has no filter on anything that he says. So he's he's also super mellow. So he his like big dream is to meet basically the Harvest Goddess someday. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And, and now and now Homestyle story has gotten more news coverage than pretty much anything else on the show today. Hey. What? Hmm. That's not true. All right. <laughs> Anyways, it's coming out next month. Okay. Homestown, hometown story. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> That's all I got. Feedback for the show, podcast at rpgamer.com. Follow us on Twitter, rpgamer. Follow us on Facebook, rpgamer. Follow us on YouTube, rpgamer, D-O-T-C-O-M. Send us a voicemail, 608-729-4098. And follow the website, of course, at rpgamer.com. You can view the show live every week at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern at rpgamer.com slash live. John, I need to ask you to take us out with some insightful British advice for the week. Drink more tea. Drink more tea. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye.